If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity blah. The blubbity blah. Sending out good vibes. I had to wear a mask, of course, to go in, but uh, on WeChat, I had to show them my little health uh, ID, which just says where I've been, really. When that was first issued, they were just trying to track people down, making sure they hadn't been to Wuhan, right? Okay, guys, welcome back to the Great America Show. We are going to be chatting with John Nira from China again a little bit later with a little update on how things are going over in China and uh, how they're treating the coronavirus and how he's getting along over there. So just a little update. Uh, won't be. It's not very heavy into coronavirus. It's very light, so that's why it's in the Great America feed, and it's very more of an update than a conspiracy corona show. And we got Graham here on his new mic. Hey, buddy. Yeah, thanks. I think uh, I think it sounds good. I think it sounds it's gonna better. Gonna fix my wandering mouth problem. It will definitely do that at the very least. But yeah, this still is an interesting chat with with John. I mean, you know, the thing is, in in the surface level, the, the small freedoms they almost have more of in a way. You know, they're being tracked and their social credit is being measured, and they all use that app. So you can, you know, you can't really buck against the system at a high level, but on a normal level, they, their government doesn't seem to be as corrupt overtly about the, the virus than, than the Western civilization seems to be, or like Canada not about, and the U.S. anyways. I mean, At least not about that. They seem to be taking the virus very chill. I mean, it sucks to be anything. Doing, they're doing other bunch of other terrible shit over there. Yeah, like he didn't even really know about the Uyghurs. Yeah. I mean, they, so they don't know about that. It, it seems to be, or they don't. Or they're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah, or they don't. Yeah. Which is another distinct possibility. So, yeah, good chat with uh, John. Nice little update. So, how you been? Weather's turned. It's not so cold. It's above freezing. Yeah, good. Yeah. Probably warmer here than it is in Texas right now. Yeah, I got my shorts on. You're wearing shorts. Yeah. Not quite that warm. Have you seen the pictures of the ice in Texas? Like, what it's is crazy. going on? It's because how it's, does it? This never happens like this here. Because it's not humid here. Is it that bad though? That's with the, the problem. Humidity? Is the humidity. I mean, it just it, it the, I, like things are covered in ice. Like, That's just seems a bit weird. Is the humidity? Yeah, I, I don't trust. It happens it. out. Doesn't it seem happens natural. Back east all the doesn't time. Doesn't seem natural. Happens yeah, I know. Back east yeah, all I know. The time. I know. Not not all the time. Well, not all the time, but like. The ice like storms a, are kind of It's like infrequent. a 20-year thing. Probably like a 20-year thing. It's happened twice in my lifetime that, like, the armies had to go to Quebec or southern Ontario because an ice storm has just destroyed everything. Because it just breaks power lines and everything. Yeah. Have you seen the people microwaving the snow and it's causing sparks and stuff? Or you no, I haven't, no I haven't seen it either. It would, I mean, I heard it, about that it. would happen here, too. Would it? Throw your hail in the microwave, see what happens. Really? Probably. No, it just melts. They're seeding the clouds with aluminum. Well, that it, you probably wouldn't be able to put hail in the microwave if they were doing a proper job. Why? Well, because then there wouldn't be as much hail. 
Well, you still get some sometimes. Some, yeah. Just be smaller. It's a little smaller. Anyways, well, I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I'm not up to date on any of that. I haven't watched any of that. Are we able to uh, even stream the next regular episode of Grimerica this week? Is it on Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Yes, we can. Because the strike on YouTube will be done. Yes. How many strikes do we have? We have one on each channel. That's right. it. Yeah, you get a warning first. Oh, there's a warning and then strikes. Yeah. And how many strikes do you have before? Three. Three. But the strikes also come off in three months or something. Yeah, but I thought we had two on the Grand America show. There was the John and Titus one. That's on Outlawed. Oh, that was on Outlawed. Oh, that's why I'm confused. Yeah. So they hit that one on Outlawed, and they hit Judy Mikovits on Outlawed. Well, actually, no. So they hit they hit one of the Union of the Unwanted's on Outlawed, and they hit Judy yeah, Mikovits on Outlawed. Yeah. And then on the Regular feed. John Titus one, on Outlawed again, they said, since you're in a strike period, we're not going to give you a strike. We're just going to delete the content. Really? Yeah. Oh, that seems ridiculous. Probably because it wasn't COVID. Oh, my God. Is yeah, what I'm assuming. So I think we just triggered something, and now they're going through all the content is, this, with a fine-tooth comb. This is why this COVID thing is a bigger deal. I mean, But in another sense, I feel like the strikes are them saying no more COVID. Just shout out. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's a oh, big yeah. deal. Like yeah. they're, they're, really trying to, they're really trying to use this. I mean, if Big Pharma and Big Tech are in the fucking bed together. But we don't have an outlawed stream this week. No, I know. Regular. I was thinking the regular. But shut the, down. the plan is we can stream the regular show on YouTube as per usual. Well, we might as well segue into the timing of our new content. On Rockfin is Why unreal. Is that even happening? I don't know. But anyways, yeah. So after all this, I mean, we knew this was coming with YouTube, but oh yeah, it's Strike City. I mean, every time I'm I'm scared to check the email these days because I'm worried there's going to be a strike. I mean, I've I've had to. It's gotten to the point now because they they started going through the YouTube back catalog and flagging vaccine shows. Yeah. So, so you pulled some off, right? I pulled them all off. And you put them on Rockfin? Every, anything that's remote that I think will get us kicked off of YouTube, I pulled off and put onto Rockfin. So if anybody's thinking about, like, if they have their YouTube red that they're paying for monthly, or if they're thinking about getting off of YouTube, I mean, Rockfin is where we're putting some content. Darren's got some of the stuff in the free area, but we've also got a special series in Rockfin we're doing a couple of them, one on climate change and weather modification or geoengineering. I was going to call them seasons. And then, yeah, we can call them seasons. And then this other one is Ancient Mysteries and Lost Civilizations. And we got Randall Carlson up there and then Ben from Uncharted X coming on and Gary Wayne about giants and bloodlines. And uh, we're going to do one on, on Hyperborea and the got... North Wind and Tartaria and Rome. Do we so, have a Tartaria guy yet? Well, we've got a bunch of hooks out. We've got a bunch we'll of see, hooks. Yeah. So maybe we'll Ron Flavor Town. Yeah, we're we're so anyways, we are putting stuff on Rockfin. That stuff so is if you for, wanna if you that's wanna just for premium members only. Like yeah. so all the outlawed stuff and all the stuff we had to pull off YouTube for the vaccine shows, any vaccine stuff we do for Grand America now will end up anything that's gonna get us kicked off of YouTube. I don't care about outlawed so much, but you know, we got a bunch of subscribers at the Grand America YouTube channel. I think it's because we hit ten grand again, dude. It, that's what I was saying. Just don't well, go outlawed to ten. just got two strikes. Oh yeah, right, fucking yeah, hundred yeah. subscribers. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, we've decided that it's worth maintaining that YouTube channel somewhat because it's not, I don't know. We just, we don't need to post shows on YouTube. We don't really care about it. So we just won't post shows on YouTube that they don't want there. And, uh, isn't that self-censorship in a way? 
Well, I, I would say at, that's four, four warnings, <laughs> five warnings now. Yeah. It's, is it still self-censorship? I mean, yeah. you also run the risk that they'll just delete the content. I don't get a warning and the content's just deleted, yeah. and I don't want to start saving every video we do. I mean, we have luckily we have fantastic listeners like I that save all our videos for us. It's like 200 gigabytes of shit. Yeah, thanks, I. A quarter of a terabyte. So I don't got room for that. Yeah. Well, so the other thing is, if people, we do, we, we do have to exit off of YouTube. I mean, we are we are making that exit. So I yeah. guess what you're saying is we're just well, gonna we we're gonna use it saying, for we're gonna use it or utilize it for as long as we can. We're gonna use it and abuse it. Yeah. As long yeah. as we can. Yeah. Like a, like a three dollar whore. Um, because we might as well. We'll use that shit as long as we can. Well, we get the fuck out of there. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I won't pay him any more money for premium or anything like that. You're, I will still maintain your subscription until Thank you're you. ready. Thank you. You let me know when you're ready and <laughs> I'll cancel you. it. Anyway, um, but we'll move the stuff that we can't show there over to Rockfin and most of it will be free. Any of the Grimerica stuff that ends up there is going to be free and the Grimerica Outlawed live streams are going to be free over there. And it's just because if we don't do it there, then there's no point in doing it because it's just going to get us kicked off of YouTube for no real good reason. And, of course, we need to find a new home for all this video. We're on library and stuff like that now, but, I mean, we can't really stream there, and it's it's okay, but it's not super user-friendly. I mean, Rockfin works great. It seems reliable, so we're going to try playing around there. And part of the deal with that was if we want Rockfin, isn't like YouTube, not anyone can just go sign up and start uploading shit. So you need to get through the door and meet with them and get approved to be a creator. And in order to do that, that involved a, a deal that we're going to um, provide some content for their premium members. The exclusive content. Yeah. yeah. So that's what the Grimerica Goes Deep is. It's a video series that we started. We're finally delving into some video stuff. We got a 4K camera, started doing some video stuff, like Graham said, with, with Randall and Ben and stuff like that. And it's video slideshows and it's all... Video and big shout out to Brady who's been helping us out with a lot of that. So it's a but they're about an hour long. It's a video show, and that's something we had to do for Rockfin to to let us come. We on wanted board to. There. I mean, we could have done audio, but we wanted to do video because it's capable. It's kind of a video thing. Well, it's no, my point is more thing, that we so. had to do a premium. Yeah, no, content. no, I know, but we could have just chose audio. Yeah. Some people do audio there. But I'm we, more we saying decide, of why you know, we're doing premium content yeah, someplace else video. now is yeah. because we had to do that in order to open the door for a good, reliable video service where we feel good doing exactly. a live stream. It's got yeah. a live chat. You guys can be in the chat for free. It's yeah. got the super chats like YouTube does. So and our, we get to our, maintain everyone who subscribes on our Rockfin channel. We get to keep their email address. So if we ever decide to leave Rockfin, we can email them all and take them with us. And that's rockfin.com slash Grimerica. That's R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash Grimerica. And, and if you if you do subscribe there, like if you're looking to move off of YouTube or looking for a new video platform to watch people, there's a free thinking area in there. So And you get access to everybody in there. Sam Tripoli, Isaac Weishaupt, uh, Conspiracies and Unpopular Culture, his his show. He's got exclusive stuff there. So does a propaganda Scott report. On there. Scott Adams, Whitney Webb, Jason Burma, Truthzilla, Ripple Effect. A lot of people from the Union of the Unwanted are on there with exclusive content. So there's and there's a ton of sports stuff too. I think right. Yeah, there's it's a ton like, of huge like, sports yeah, platform. MMA. Like it's a there's a, if you're into like all kinds of I, I don't know if that's amateur sports or semi pro or what, but there's all kinds of. Anyway, it's ten bucks a month, and the thing with Rockfin is you pay that ten bucks a month, and you get access to anything. It's so like, I mean, it's like the Netflix of YouTube in yeah, a way. We're not even really asking you to go and sign up there for us. 
if you want to, that's great. We'd appreciate it because we get we get paid for everyone who signs up through our channel and people who are subscribed and watch our channel. We they they pay us a little bit of money. So even if you don't want to, so if you don't want to pay for Rockfin, that's cool. Go subscribe so that you get notified when we do all our live streams, which will be most of our content. There is going to be free, are you gonna, other than are the Grand America do, goes deep seasons. Right, right. What about regular Grand America streaming though? Are we doing that for now? I'm going to keep it on YouTube. Okay, yeah. But eventually, I, I might start doing both. Right. But right now, so Outlawed Streaming out, will be over outlawed, there. We're going to start right, with yeah. Outlawed Streaming. I yeah. don't want to move everything all yeah. at once, so we'll start with the Outlawed Streaming. We'll try that for a few and weeks. And that's free in the free spot. In the free spot. All yeah. the outlawed, all the past Outlawed live streams will be on our Rockfin stream for free. Um, and then what I'll start doing eventually is dual streaming. So that it saves all our Grimerica shows on Rockfin too. So it starts being there. And then when I know everything works and I'm yeah, happy, I'll, yeah. I'll make the switch fully. So hopefully right. this year sometime we'll get off of YouTube completely yeah, and onto yeah. another service. And yeah. like I say, anything we stream there for Grimerica, anything we stream there for Outlaw, it'll be 100% free. So do go to rockfin.com slash Grimerica and subscribe there today. Help us get some subscribers. Help us get the numbers up and get notified when we do all our live streaming there at some place that isn't YouTube. And if you like, I say, if you do want to sign up for Rockfin, click on the subscribe button on the Grimerica page, and uh, they throw a little money in a pot for us, and they pay us at the end of the day. So, if that's something you're thinking of, a fantastic way to support the show, and you get access to all those new Grimerica go deep goes deep. I actually, what I think I'll do is uh, there's a couple little teaser videos floating around. I mean, there's on Instagram, I've got them. On the, yeah, the teaser's only like 10 minutes. Maybe I'll throw it in this intro. Because is, the John show is quite short, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I'll throw the 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 teaser for the... Like the audio of the teaser? Just the audio, yeah. For um, the Randalls? Yeah. Okay, sure. In this, be, between here and the John intro. Okay, cool. Yeah. In, interview, and you That's guys can idea. kind of yeah, get yeah. a taste. It's just, yeah. This is just a little nine-minute teaser that uh, Brady whipped up for us. Sort of what we're trying to do is we're we're doing... 10 minute videos for free and then you get the whole hour and 10 minutes for the Rockfin community um like i say if you guys want to be part of that great and what i think what we'll do is after three or six months we're going to take that content back and we're going to make it available someplace yeah yeah we haven't figured out how we're going to do that yet it might just be on the youtube channel but we'll figure something out but um yeah that's the Rockfin news so if you want to check that out Rockfin.com. Kind of good timing with what's happening with YouTube. I mean, it's, we were humming and hawing, and then we started getting YouTube strikes. And I mean, YouTube kind of helped us make the decision. Yep. And then uh, the other way to support us, I mean, the other thing is Grimerica Outlawed, the, the plus feed, which is not going to be anywhere on Rockfin. That second hour of exclusive content is just for the, the podcast feed. Yep. And you can go to Grimerica Outlawed to get that. There's another one coming out uh, this week as well. Yeah, we just did the Judy Mikovits episode yeah. came out last week. This week we got John Sneezing coming out. Next week's Legal Man. Yeah, so that'll be fantastic. Lots of good content there. And we got articles too. Like we're reading articles, uh, cool articles for people to listen to uh, for the premium feed. So if you want to listen to, you know, a half hour, hour, 45 minutes, whatever long article instead of reading it, there's some super fascinating stuff in there. I'm going to do one coming up on on uh, a letter to the police and the frontline workers in Canada regarding the vaccines and the problems with this. You should read that one from the pastor. I don't think it's very long, though. The pastor? Yeah. Sure. I'd read it here, but I don't want to get into all that. 
I don't even know what you're talking about. That's uh, some the, oh the, 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 the Calgary pastor guy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. That thing. I think it's not long enough to do an episode. Of, okay, and the Great Reset might be in there. It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> anyway, if that's something you're into, and then there's always this show. So don't forget about Old Grand America show. Yeah, we you can't do all this too. without you guys. We love all the support we we've got. You. I mean, it's been an amazing journey over the last past eight years, and we're yeah. just we're just ramping it up. I'm gonna take it to the next level here. We're gonna take it to the next level. We're working on with Joe Roop. And we're going to do a Saturday call-in show here soon. Because we, we canceled Grand America FM. Now Grand America FM. Oh, did you? Get, okay. Yeah, now Grand America FM will just take you over to Fringe FM. Because they play our shows there, I think, on Saturdays. And we're going to line up because Joe's phones actually work. So we're going to do the next call-in show through America, uh, through Fringe FM. And nice. Joe is going to run it for us. Oh, perfect. He's just letting me know. We're working on a date now. It'll probably be in April sometime. We'll have we'll give you guys plenty of notice and we'll do a couple hours, two or three hours on a Saturday night on a nice call on show. Nice. So we'll keep you posted on that. All right, what do you got? I got a I got some feedback. Oh boy. What kind of feedback? Uh, sad trombone? No, good feedback. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. Oh, this this must be a response to your. Was this your newsletter? Cancel your cable because Graham Eric is on Rockfin, and Graham gets an email from the Alberta government. Oh, it could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are confused when it hits Instagram because I guess the Inst- first the Instagram doesn't hit, really yeah, present yeah. the newsletter well. I should you know what it does? It, it gives you the, well, maybe. I mean, it's 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 got the graphic, and I think it just shows you the subject line. It's probably what it is because people are like, "Where do I listen to this episode?" And like, it's not an episode. It's and then just, no link to click on nothing. nothing, nothing or... Yeah. So well, I give is, you the button. So you guys are awesome. Keep keeping on working on giving you guys some of my time, talent, and treasure. The synchros in my life have been amazing. Love hearing Graham talk about these. The last three years, I've opened myself to the flow of life, willing to give as needed on this river. And the rewards pile up like I'm living in a video game. Things I want or need appear in my path at appropriate times. Self-employed, no paycheck guarantee, but always seem to push on successfully by allowing myself to flow with life. Snake Bros got me into Grimerica, and I love your attitudes and kind words. Love and light to you both. Brian, a.k.a. Captain Bazer of the Unta Basin Snake Force. (laughs) Thanks, Snake Bros. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. We appreciate you. Fantastic. What else you got? I got a got more emails? Synchro too. Yeah, I got a good Who's Synchro. I want a good score for my synchronicity. Graham reads it out, then Dara might give it to me. Hey, don't you please read it low. Yeah, yeah. This is the subject. Darren, don't read my fucking names on the air, you high Canadian fuck, but you can read the content, Graham. Thanks, bud. Hey, long time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, long time listener. First time contacting on the spam. I appreciate the hard work that both of you do, and I fucking love all the guests that you find. It has literally opened up my little mind, shut in ideals, (laughs) my little mid minded shut in ideals, and allowed me to gain way more than 33% brain expansion. I must tell you also to go fuck yourselves respectfully because I've lost countless days deep diving into conspiracy after conspiracy after conspiracy. I say driving because not diving because it led me into hours of driving around because I missed my turn and would have to take it back. 
the road to a place I'm going, which most of the time led me to, sorry, I suck at spelling, synchronicity. And let me just notice all the beautiful aspects of the current world we live in and how fragile it is and how, we, how much we really need to appreciate every day we have. My work is mainly in the cemetery, so I see the other side of life most days and have already have an appreciation for it, but your podcast always helps. Also, because of your great podcast, I've gained more great podcasts like Randall Carlson, who is the way I found you, Snake Bros, and Mo Facts, just to name a few. After you read this, I'll put a five-star rating on whatever platform you tell me. Grammaricoutlaw.ca iTunes? Slash iTunes and grammarica.ca slash iTunes. Oh, don't, don't push it. He said one. P.S. Well, you might as well do both while you're there. This is, this is the good part. P.S. I'll have to go back and find what episode you had him on, but one of your guests was talking about being in Des Moines, Iowa, right as I passed the exit for Des Moines, Iowa. That same day, I skipped some episodes while driving to my next cemetery, and right as I'm reaching for my cheeseburger on the dash... The guest is telling a story about him driving down the road, thinking about how he doesn't know where his meat comes from, but he still reached for his cheeseburger on the dash and ate it. Wow, both in the same day? <laughs> yeah. Different <laughs> guests, though? Yeah. He skipped past a bunch, too, to get to that other one. I mean, how does that even happen? Huh. Oh, that was, was right I'd, after. That I'd was see right. What, what else was going on that day? Yeah. That was right after me and Darren had a matching lighter spark. I mean, it just keeps getting better. So, so rate wow. that, and I'll try to remember some better ones, but those were the first two on the same day that I'd been waiting to get rated for the past two years. But a baby got in the way of me donating actual money, so I hope you understand. Maybe one day when Uncle Joe give me some spending monies. <laughs> All right, here's what I'll do. Okay. PPS. If you need the episode numbers, go fix yourself. I ain't got time for that. Much love from the USA Sea Dogs. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a six point five. Oh. And then I'm gonna give you a double point four two for two show inclusions. Bring you up to a seven point three four. Is that right? Is that right? I don't know. Close enough. I'm not doing that math right now. What do you get? Four two four two is seven point four seven point eight four. Seven point three four. Hey, we should put that dude with his head exploding in the middle of the desk. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Why, can't, for the do, email. why can't you do math right now? Oh, I'm just in the middle of reading stuff. I'm just, I don't want to switch my brain over to math. I'm on the mic. Oh. Man, there's a lot of math involved in the slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, uh, my project operation was going to uh, be, oh, oh, hey, guess what? It's so, that's a bit of a synchro. Ooh, I watched my first movie of the year. You just try and guess what it was. Can't hold back on that. I can't hold back. You can't. I'm killing try time. Try and guess what I'm it was. Trying to kill time while I get to the jingle um, as well. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No guesses? No. It involves the show, kind of. I well, picked I was it hoping. because of the show. I was hoping. You were hoping. Yeah. Um, Superhuman? No. Strike one. First We Eat? You already Strike saw two. that, right? I already seen that. So that wasn't your first of the year. Oh, it was your first of 2021. Um, I don't know. I give up. You give up? Greenland. Oh, huh? I, I don't understand. Well, it's just kind of like the show because the killer asteroid. Oh, oh, it was a killer asteroid? Greenland? Mm -hmm. huh. It was a movie? It was a movie. It was huh. two hours. Was it good? 
I was all right. I, I ate a bunch of brownies, <laughs> but it was okay. I, I like I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, I like Gerard Butler. I like his accent. Yeah. I watched a movie the other day too, like a Hollywood one, and I, and I just I just couldn't get into it. So you got like sexy Gerard Butler and his sexy wife just running around sweaty and cut up for a couple hours. Cool. Worst ways to spend a Saturday night, I guess. Oh, Friday night I went out for dinner. Oh, nice. In the Calgary Tower. Nice. Yeah, they they let people back in. Wow. Did you have to wear a mask to the table and take your mask off while you converse at the table and eat? That's what they expect. Yeah. Uh, But there wasn't a lot of masks going on. Honestly, it seems That's like good. the people that are going out for dinner are the people that don't, don't give a fuck. So it was good. It was nice to get out again. That reminds me of an Instagram post I was supposed to talk about on the show. Somebody says, why don't you talk about this on your podcast? On your podcast? Because I made a comment that somebody was comparing like my mask not hurting you to drunk driving and all this I stuff. Want to and do I an... can't find it now. How is but my... I was like, I go, that's not a good comparison. They're like, well, why don't you talk about it on your podcast? I'm like, well, it's not a good comparison because masks don't fucking work. Nah, and even if they did, it, it that wouldn't be a good comparison. No. Like it would this... be more like uh, not stopping at the stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> when there's no cars there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, what was I going to say before that? Oh, yeah, I want to do a no agenda meetup, but I don't know if I want to do it here, mostly because I don't give my address out to a bunch of strangers. You want to do it at your house? Well, I don't want to give my address out to a bunch <laughs> of strangers either. I mean, mind you, mind, you know, I don't know. I... We could just, like... Can't we just pick a community center or something? No, we don't want to do that. We can't do that. If anything, we'd pick a bar, and we'd all just, like, show up in groups of two and slowly move closer to each other. We should just do it. We should do it in Calgary, really. I mean, we can't ask everybody to come to Chestermere. Like, we should do it. If we're going to do it, we should just do it in Calgary. Well, Chestermere's more free, though. Is it? It's not technically. No, but it is. We could do it at the landing or something, maybe. Speaking of no agenda, they're the just broom. talking about our Canadian system. And I Dr. Know the... Tam giving that, did you see the graph from her about if people don't follow the new me- the measures, that th- things are going to spike up in the new variants? And if we do follow it, it's going to drift downwards on a nice. What's it at now? I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, uh, You're out of the loop. Don't care. I got an email from the government. This is what I was, this is my operation. When I said I have a project operation, I look and it says Alberta Health Operations. I thought this is my project operation. But I don't know if I want to get into it. It's, it's kind of long. Well, whatever. Uh, well, why don't we, yeah, don't do it this time anyway. What, what, who's? I'll save it for the next episode because we're going to push out a bonus Grimerica as well, right? Are we? This week. Oh, we are yeah. next week, yeah. yeah. So we're going to put out another one. So we'll, uh, we'll, I'll save it for that intro. Because I sent a nasty email to the government. Well, it wasn't. I was still sort of polite, but I had a bunch of questions, and they only answered the. They have a very detailed canned PCR response, which is very interesting. It feels like a lawyer wrote it about the PCR test and how Alberta's doing it all uniquely, and blah blah blah. So, all right, we'll save that for the bonus episode. In the meantime, enjoy this little sneak a peek at our new Rockfin video series. Uh, if you do just want to see the video for this. Uh, you can just go to Gramerica dot or rockfin dot com slash Gramerica, and this video is available. The sneak a peek video is available for free there, so you can do that. Enjoy this little chat with Randall, and then enjoy the chat with John Nira.
So Atlantis, the question really comes down to, was it exclusively a contrivance of Plato? Or was there some historical authenticity to the idea? And there's basically two schools of thought on that. One is that, and has been the predominant point of view for in most academic circles for many decades, and that is that it was a metaphor. Plato invented this metaphor to uh, give give some form to his concept of the idealized uh, civic structure, the idealized society, the way he envisioned it. So <clears throat> that was pretty much the dominant academic view, but then there were um, those who deviated from it and said, no, behind that legend, uh, there is some authentic reality, some history that actually happened. In Plato's dialogues, he mentions the uh, the chronology of Atlantis and the Ten Kings and the demise of Atlantis after this great war between the, the imperialistic Atlanteans and the, you know, the, the uh, proto-Hellenic uh, um, defenders of the Mediterranean era area and after this tremendous battle tremendous war which is placed at 9000 years prior to Solon's exile in Egypt which given that that's roughly 600 BC give or take a few decades puts us right at uh, at about 11600 years ago or 9600 BC and which is interesting these days because if you follow um the whole question of the Younger Dryas, the transition from glacial to interglacial age, from Pleistocene to Holocene, you know that the termination of the Younger Dryas, the catastrophic termination of the Younger Dryas, climatic uh, anomaly or excursion, whatever you want to call it, catastrophe, the end of that, the termination, is dated at about 11,600 years ago. You like this map? Yeah. I do. I love this map. Okay, so what we have right here is the Straits of Gibraltar, the Strait of Gibraltar, flanked by the pillars. Okay, that's are, what I thought, yeah. That's the pillars of Heracles, which mark the gateway between the Atlantic, the Atlantic over here to the west, the uh, Mediterranean over here to the east. And there were actually islands in here that are now sunk. Wow. Yes. So anybody sailing west through here would have come to islands now let's go to this next, let's see. Well, yeah, so right here, here's, here's from Plato himself. And there was an island, an island situated in front of the straits, which are by you, called the Pillars of Heracles. The island was larger than Libya and Asia put together and was the way to other islands. And from these, you might pass to the whole of the opposite continent, wow. which surrounds the true ocean. For this sea, which is within the Straits of Heracles, is only a harbor, having a narrow entrance, but that other is the real sea, and the surrounding land may be most truly called a boundless continent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Let's look at this next slide here. Let me back up. Back up right here. Uh, when we look at this one, Strait of Gibraltar. But take a look at this one. Oh, yeah. So is that the Azores up in the top there that's actually poking out a little bit? Yes, the Azores wow. is this cluster of islands that are actually part of a whole microcontinent. So you could picture basically all that sort of light blue being above the water. 
this light where my Kirk, can you yeah. see my yeah. 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 yeah, That's the Azores Plateau. And wow. here's the pillars of Heracles, and all in here are a group of sunken islands. So and, yeah, and then they jumped from those to the middle ones, and then they're saying you can get over to the other continent from there. Yes. There it is. I mean, right there. That's what I'm talking about. The geography checks out. Here's the Azores Plateau. Oh. You, you could picture that all of the orange would have been above water. Wow. So how how deep is that now then? That's because you think it's sunk. It's like 1,000 feet, 1,500 feet in that area? Or? Yeah, the peaks. Well, the peaks of these mountains are sticking above the waves, and that's the islands right. of the Azores are the peaks of these sunken mountains. Yeah. And they are, they are sunken mountains, yes. That's not some pseudoscience. But one thing is certain, you certainly would have had the 400-foot change in sea level, which means that there are islands now that are totally submerged that could have been above the sea level, and islands that were that are now above sea level would have been much more extensive when you drop when you drop sea level 400 feet. What about the, in the Mediterranean then? How did, how did that rise of 400 feet affect the Mediterranean? And, and did, does that map that you looked at show anything around Santorini or is there anything in the Mediterranean that could also be Atlantis? Well, if, if, if again, if taking Plato at face value, Atlantis had colonies and it had outlying, you know, trade networks. <clears throat> which clearly implied we're in the Mediterranean. Right, right. So that's how I tend to interpret it. And also, you know, when you begin to look at uh, mythology of um, the Western Hemisphere, you know, there's plenty of stuff in there that could be consistent with a migration from the East. Yeah. You know, now, if you want to, if you want to just hypothesize that there was a um, a civilization that rose up on these islands during the Ice Age, um, the first sea level pulse may have begun a process of destabilization. In fact, what Plato describes is how, you know, the Atlantean kingdom went from being this virtuous and, you know, beneficent place to being corrupted with power and, and imperial ambitions. And this is what led them to try to come in and subjugate the, the, cultures within the Mediterranean that led to the big war. Largely, the coastlines of the world roughly coincided with this. With that line. Right. Although not always, because like I said, there, there was sometimes this drop off was like a thousand feet deep. So it would have still been under four or five, 600 feet of seawater. Yeah. But yeah, overall, the, the continental shelves, I mean, the continental uh, shorelines were much further seaward during the Ice Age than they are now. North and, and South America might have been connected more through the Central America. Well, watch this now. I'm going to I'm going to toggle between this map and the next one. It shows three sea level, I think 350 feet low. So it's it's so it's a very conservative, but you'll still be able to get a sense of. I particularly like look up here. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Right up there by Alaska, yeah. and, and look yeah, what you got to focus on one area. Wow, wow. yeah, you got to focus on one area when you toggle back and forth. So do that right. again a couple times. And Greenland too. Yeah, well, what we'll do? Oh, even the, it looks like it's connected right there between South and North America down the the Baja. It's pretty darn close. Now watch. Here's we're going to take a closer look at North America. 
Okay, so here's the present coastlines. Now watch this. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it connects up north even. I mean. Yeah. And the problem is, is that you have, there's been a huge hijacking of the science. And it's emphasizing only one interpretation of the science to the neglect of other interpretations. Um, and the narrative now is that human beings are the, pretty much the sole cause of climate change. And that is about as far from the truth as you could possibly get. We have tons of evidence. So where can people go if they want to? You mentioned you did like a full deep dive on Atlantis. If if our viewers want to go and decide they want to go uh, enjoy that, where can they find that? At Cosmographia.com. Just go to RandallCarlson.com. That's the web. It's the podcast that we do. We're up to about 60 episodes nice. now. The first five, I'm pretty sure it was five, are de devoted to uh, the whole in-depth, in-depth discussion of Atlantis. Wow, that's fantastic. So is that also on video or is it mainly audio? No, it's video as well. All right, 11 months ago, we had John Nira on from China. We talked about quantum medication, quantum medication, quantum That's meditation, Baptiste yoga, living in quarantine in China. That was like right at the beginning of this. And we also chatted about visualization, mindfulness, synchronicity, reacting versus responding. And um, he's back 11 months later, still in Shenzhen, China. Is yeah, that, Shenzhen. Yeah, thanks for coming uh, back on, buddy. Yeah, we're in uh Guangdong province to be exact and to be more exact uh, Nanshan district and then to be more exact it's a little town here called Sheko it's right on the water and from my balcony I can see the Hong Kong Islands oh okay okay wow that kind of gives you orientation yeah yeah and uh, are they smoking can you see smoke I guess uh, the fires in Hong Kong are out now no I think it's Everyone's starting to head out to Chinese New Year now, so it's starting to slow down. So it's been pretty weird because you've, you know, it's been 11 months. We talked about you being in lockdown last time, um, and we kind of foresaw it coming to the rest of the world, I think. I didn't go back and listen to the old app, but what do you, what's it been like for you, like recently seeing everything uh, fall apart around the world? And what are you, you guys are fine over there now in China? Yeah, well, well, like you said, you know, uh, 11 months ago, we didn't really know what was going on. You know, that's kind of what we, we were talking about on the show. We were, everyone was trying to get their bearings. Well, what was the virus? How bad was it? You know, we were in what was a full lockdown then. And so it was combined with, you got to take back to this in, it was combined with, it was the heart of Chinese New Year. So it's ghost town anyway. So it was really you know, just like a bomb went off downstairs. And so if I go outside and uh, you had to wear a mask everywhere and like, you know, if police officers saw you, they're going to bullhorn you to put your mask on if you didn't, weren't wearing it, you know, and things like that. And you had to have your temperature taken everywhere. <clears throat> a lot of the bars and uh, larger restaurants and whatnot were closed down. 
Um, <clears throat> but that actually recovered quite quickly. And then, you know, we, it, it <clears throat> right away turned into just kind of back to normal. I mean, I, I'll give you an example, like one of these bars down here that I used to go to, even, you know, in the middle of the day, even there was, it never really totally shut down. And only one time that they, they get into a little bit of social distancing where they, they wanted everybody to be outside because there wasn't enough ventilation inside the bar. And that was like maybe a day or two. And then otherwise it, it was just kind of normal. And you would see people, even bar girls and stuff, not wearing masks indoors. And we weren't wearing any masks once we were there. And so it just, you know, slowly turned into just back to normal for the most part. But, you know, we want to get into, you know, the degree of the, as I've been calling it, the, the tinfoil mask, you know, which is what it seems like in the West. <laughs> oh, um, oh, yeah. I mean, so, so, but what, what, let's put this on a time frame a little bit so that you're talking what, April then? I would say it was only about, it was only about a month or two that it really seemed like, they were just like, you, you would go into somewhere and, they, and you'd have to like maybe write down your name and they would take your temperature still, you know? And then people were kind of wearing masks. And I, I think a lot of it too is that the businesses were afraid that since there's cameras everywhere, you know, maybe they need to be wearing masks more because they could they could get caught, their, their employees could get caught not wearing masks and whatnot. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're using the mask as a temperature reading for, you know, how bad it was, you know, but like, for example, just recently I had to go to the factory, you know, uh, in uh, Zhongcham, which is about two hours away from here. And, you know, none of us are wearing masks in, in the car. The, this, the vendor came and picked me up, you know, from the motor company. And there was like four of us in the car and like everybody just takes their mask off. You know, like it seems to be starting that way, but everyone's just, it's cool. And then when I went to the factory, this was really telling. I purposely went over to see the girls working on the assembly lines, and I was really relieved to see that they weren't making them wear masks. No one was wearing a mask. And when, when was this? You know, this was like a month ago at the most. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I, yeah, and I don't know before that. I, I did, that was. But is, is, is donning the mask a little more normal in China for like in some of the big cities? I would say 50% of the people that I'm going to see downstairs are not going to be wearing a mask. I walk in every day to Starbucks. I never wear, I never wear a mask anywhere unless I have to. But so my general neighborhood here, whether or not I'm going to Starbucks or whether or not I'm going into a little hardware store down, you know, downstairs for me or whatever, I'm just not wearing a mask. Uh, if I jump in a taxi, I have to wear one, you know? Um, but, in, but then like, a lot of times I just take it off and they don't say anything, you know, and, and I, I truly believe that in a lot of the cases, the driver is wearing the mask because the, the road cameras can catch him and he can get cited for not wearing one. Wow. So it is still full surveillance <clears throat> there. Yeah. But, but yeah, but, but for the most part, from what, what I've been hearing from you guys about, you know, these Karens, you know, yelling at you for not wearing a mask. I've never had that happen here. Everyone's cool. In my building, <clears throat> there's some older people and <clears throat> sometimes wearing masks or not. Or you know, if there's somebody that's really old and they're waiting for the elevator, you know, I, I'll wait and get on a different elevator if they're wearing masks, you know, out of courtesy. But for the most part, you know, it's not like I'm being avoided because I'm not wearing masks. Nobody's saying anything. And a lot of the Chinese people, too, 
in my neighborhood just not wearing wearing it. Yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, so there's some, I want to address some rumors and memes and stuff that's been going on for the last 10 months. Like they're showing, you know, the dance parties in Wuhan with the DJ and everybody. This is what they're doing in China. And we're over here all double and triple masked up in certain areas or, or they're talking about it at least. Well, and I then mean, there's we're also not, the. We're not supposed to have fucking any visitors in our house right now in Alberta. That's the rule. No visitors, period. Yeah. No visitors. If they don't live in the house, they can't come over. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah. It's it's as locked down as ever uh, that it's ever been right now. It's at the peak still. Well, it's not at the peak. It's at the, the height of lockdown. Because Eastern Canada, Eastern Canada. Because it, Manitoba is, just officially, like, now if you leave the province, you have to isolate. Quarantine. quarantine. Yeah. yeah. So, so here it's getting worse and, and, than and, ever. And back east, there's a curfew. Like, you there's can't go curfew, out past yeah. 8 p.m. And you can't leave your house after, before 5 a.m., so, I mean, it's just, I don't even know what the point is, but, but uh, then there's also the stuff where, you know, I just heard recently that only 5,000 people in all of China apparently died from COVID. I don't know how you're keeping the death stats there compared to the way we are ambiguously doing that job. But there's also the, like, the, I think there was only two people that were positive recently as well or some, so maybe you can clear up some of those rumors and stuff or if, see if it's sure like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've been hearing a lot about how supposedly China is doing all this testing. I've never been tested. And, you know, like saying, like, if you go to a a, a federal building, you're going to get tested. I just went down to get my new visa uh, in uh, Lohu, and I went to a government building. That's as government as you're going to get. And I had to wear a mask, of course, to, to go in. But uh, on WeChat, I had to show them my little health uh, ID, which just says where I've been, really. When that was first issued, they were just trying to track people down, making sure they hadn't been to Wuhan, right? Um, and then, I mean, that, that that seems to be one, I guess, positive thing they're doing, tracking that way. Um, but then when it, when it comes to, like, the temperature testing, that went on for quite a while, which is very non-invasive, by the way. Never had a problem with that. I heard my business partner in the U.S., that they're not really doing a lot of temperature testing, you know? So I could say that one of the things that might be, have been helping, you know, uh, how, you know, how valid this virus really is and how much it qualifies as a pandemic, you know, is, is, you know, to be determined, but let's just say that it is. Okay. So to, that, that had to be slowing it down because people didn't want to go out and get caught with the temperature. Right. So you're automatically going to be quarantining that way, you know, if you're a suspect. So there was that part. But th there was an interesting conclusion I came to when it came to like shopping, going for groceries, you know, the essentials that had to be open. In my in my neighborhood here, I never went to Walmart. You know, I didn't, I didn't go to a Costco. There's a Sam's Club out here. Actually, uh, I didn't go. I didn't need to. There were a few mom and pop businesses that were open. Uh, where I could get any kind of vegetables or meat or any anything that you want right downstairs, and so could everybody else. There were hardware stores that had toilet paper always on the rack, never ran out of that. But we all kind of stayed in our own communities, and none of us really bunched up together at Costco or Walmart. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, that's one of the main things that just doesn't make sense here is you're, you know, some businesses, all the corporate things mm -hmm. are allowed to stay open, all the little, little mom and pa shops, whether 
they're forced to close or whether they just can't cope anymore. It's well, I pretty mean, disgusting. Canada is so far down the road corporatism that I mean, if, if we're talking groceries in Calgary, there's not really a lot of mom and pop shops. You're buying your groceries from a megacorp, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. There's like four or five, you know, you got Walmart, Co-op, Superstore, which is at least Canadian, Safeway, and Costco. And I mean, right. you might get like the little midtown groceries where you're paying like eight bucks for some milk. But those are like, you're not really, they're not feasible for grocery shopping. And those would still be open here, but you can't, there's not really a good Monpa grocery scene in Canada anymore. Yeah, At least not point. near the cities. Right. Well, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that really just shocks me every time I hear it from the U.S. or from you guys. I don't know how many people there are in your neighborhood. I mean, I don't know if you're, it doesn't sound like you're from a city area, but when we were in, you know, the mild lockdown, you know, when people were coming back from Chinese New Year, there were people out here again. It looked like suburbia in the U.S., right? And that's lockdown. That's supposed to be, you know, slowing the spread and, you know, and all that. And it there had, but if not suburbia light or medium, suburbia heavy, there's, there's no way that you're going to be doing real social distancing, you know, here in this neighborhood, right? But then, how come we had like almost no numbers here? Shenzhen had just like nothing when it came to deaths, you know? And we're only two hours away from Wuhan by plane, okay? So, I mean, the people were coming and going. This is the, this is the tech capital of the, the world for all intents and purposes. So it's not like people from Wuhan weren't coming and going here before all this happened. I still, to this date, do not know one person, Chinese or Western expat that has had COVID or died from it. I mean, <laughs> so why, why, why do you think that is? I mean, there's, I mean, you could, you could come <clears throat> up with a lot of different things, but that does seem kind of strange that it really didn't even seem to take hold there. I mean, we know people that have, we know lots of people that have had it. Okay, well, so you, well, they've, they've, they've had tested on a PCR test. No, and they've it. also lost their taste or they've been oh, yeah, sick. Yeah, they've been, been that, yeah. they've been sick at the, it's been corroborated and not only by that, feeling shit. You guys must losing. be 5G the fuck out over there too. Yeah, exactly. So it's not necessarily helping our immune system. I don't know if it hurts or not, but it couldn't be helping. But, well, you said it earlier about, you know, that China supposedly only has like 5,000 deaths, okay? And lately I've been sort of coming around to you. I'm not too sure that, you know, that they were stretching the numbers that much. Because at first we're all going, ah, you know, they're lying about the numbers. You know, they have to be, you know, they're not honest about it. But maybe they were actually being a lot more upfront forthcoming about the actual deaths and the actual reason for the deaths than we're giving them credit for. Actually, when I was- Who are you talking about, back, China or? In China, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah China. Uh, I don't trust the U.S. Uh, death toll at all. Uh, but um, when I was in the car with um, the uh, marketing manager on the way to the factory, um, we were talking about- you know, how the hospitals would report data on all that. And she said that she really kind of believed what the government was saying, because for one thing, you're not going to get any lying about the data on a local level. She said the the repercussions would be just really bad for anybody that got caught. So they're not going to cheat any of the data. Look, first of all, there's no, there is no financial incentive 
to change you know the diagnosis you're not going to get any more money and there's no political incentive you know you don't have some political candidate that you're trying to make look bad you know so they're probably pretty honest with the data if you're going to have it changed in the very end it would be at the top level you know the the, the overall the overall know. reporting from a centralized yeah. location or whatever right <clears throat> but you know it and then she said uh, she made some comment about yeah if you compare like the numbers percentage wise of deaths with Italy and China I I, I was looking at the data I'm not quite sure what she meant but she said they're, they're pretty similar right and I, I think that you're going to find that across the board I mean really when you start looking at the averages of what it should be it, the numbers of people that actually died from this is not going to be that big now what you were saying about you know people who who lost their you know, taste or sense of smell or whatever. Okay, maybe a lot of people had that happen here, but I'm telling you, I don't think that that much testing went on here. There, testing was happening for people coming and going, right? But just recently, it's probably being done for people that are like going back to teach class at a school, for the, you know, when they came back. What are they doing, PCR still or? I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're doing the uh, P, uh, the, the PRC test. Maybe they have a special one. I don't know. Well, they probably what if it's special, it's probably better than the PCR. I mean, it can't get any worse. Well, if I break down China's five thousand deaths and I take that to Alberta's, like what I would say is probably closer to to twenty deaths, you know, if 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 China's record reporting people that died of COVID is just people who died of COVID and without comorbidities, and we take being like over 85, or let's just say we'll take being over the average life expectancy for your state or, or province or region or country or whatever, which in Alberta is 81, and the average COVID death is 82 and a half or something. That's what it was last time. Um, so, I mean, if, if we take all the comorbidities, which in Alberta they've actually been quite, quite upfront about, we can go on the website and see... A, you know, it's 75% of the deaths have th three serious comorbidities. 85% um, have two and 97% have one or something like that. But anyway, Graham's going to look it up. But the number of people that have died without comorbidities and without being over the life expectancy is like, you know, 15 or 20. Um for 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 a population of four million people, so if you if you sort of span that out over a couple billion in China, I think those will start lining up. Like, what's the number at now, Graham? It's the green one over on the far left. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, it looks like it's still at about four percent. Right, which is about that's about what China's saying. Yeah, it's about uh, there's a there's a six. That's a weird way they do it. There, it's hard to see, but it looks like sixty five seven still seventy percent with three or more comorbidities. And this how is, many with none? Does it give you an actual none? number there? Uh, no, it look it looks like it, well. I mean, I can go further down here and find it. Um, so sixty seven people now. Sixty seven people with four point three four point three percent. So it's half gone up quite a bit in the winter. Here. Half of which were over eighty three. Yeah. Right. But even then, so sixty-seven to so four so sixty-seven to four million is probably similar to five thousand to two billion. Yeah. yeah. I'm not great at math, but what's a billion? Well, yeah, you are. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're better than us. <laughs> uh, well, keep in mind too that China had no reason to not use the go-to therapeutic cures. Well, you know, that, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that seems like that's what happened in the East a lot. A lot of these non sort of Western sort of big pharma focused countries were able to just use the cures that are available. Whereas here we had to suppress them all to wait for the emergency authorization for the, the gene therapy vaccine. I mean, it's really quite obvious now, but, but the thing that's weird is, is we heard from friends that they were offered friends of theirs were offered money. Actually family was offered money from their government health organization from the who, which China funds as well. So it's, it's, I think it's weird that the who is offering money to put COVID on the death certs, but somehow China seemed to be immune from that sort of propaganda. It seems. Yeah. Which makes me I think know. maybe it's sort of designed also like, I mean, there's a lot of fear from about China right now in Canada, <clears throat> the States. I mean, it's getting, China's getting hammered in, in, perception you know of well yeah them, i mean i'm starting this and then like and then letting this go and then they went back to normal and they're destroying the world economy and and i mean it's it's like enemy number one right now yeah the you, that's what i've been saying is it seems like the western propaganda machine is, is not overtly but it's sort of quietly starting starting to nudge us towards china's a boogeyman yeah well I can only sp speak for the U.S. If the U.S. wants to blame uh, China for anything, it's only because they let them get away with it. And the U.S. is trying to do things to affect chi China. So it's like <laughs> it goes both ways, you know. Um, I I don't know. I, I think it's just a, a lot more hype than what's actually going on, you know. I mean, I don't know where I don't know where this virus, you know, ultimately came from you know, the source did it come from some lab or I, can give you the, I, I can I, give you the initials of my best guess but yeah you know the people that funded the research in the lab million 4.3 million dollars or whatever those two guys Fauci? Yeah. is it Fauci, Fauci and Gates mm, I mean they yeah. I mean this is like the Hegelian dialectic they funded the problem they they funded the reaction the people putting out the bogus models and they funded the solution of the vaccines they're funding yeah. all three of these stages for us. So if I take the Chinese population divided by the Alberta population, it's about 350 times. If I divide China's 5,000 deaths by 350, we come up 67. with 14 deaths would be the number for Alberta, which I would say if you took all the people that were like a few months away from dying anyway, you're probably yep. in around the, the, the dozen or two. Right. And 5,000 uh flu-like corona-like virus deaths in china is nothing that's a light flu season it's almost non-existent yep you get kicked off of youtube for saying stuff like that though <laughs> well, <laughs> or, the, or the vitamin d is effective you know having vitamin d levels that are up is pretty effective yeah uh, I, I was telling you uh earlier that we were using my rife machine that was a stowaway in my luggage on one of the oh. first trips so i'm not sure if you're too familiar with that but yeah i love uh, the rifes yeah it's you know based on like cymatic frequencies and i have a four thousand uh, or forty thousand volt unit uh high voltage but low amps so it's safe but uh comes with a plasma tube and a grounding unit and lean lean my roommate who was stranded here during the lockdown and I used it as a precaution earlier on. We put on, we put on the cold of flu frequencies and zapped ourselves, you know, just to play it safe. 
You know, I don't know if that was a factor or not, but well, that's yeah, great. Right. I was going to ask you if they have the if that's the type of machine that has the different frequencies for all the different things. Yeah, uh, I've been sort of a amateur hack uh, rife researcher since like the mid nineties, wow. I guess. Yeah, uh, I have a. I have a. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to say the guy's name that made it because I think I think he actually had to make a deal with the government to stop making them. <laughs> but uh, it, mine's mine's pretty badass, and uh, it it's um, it yeah it uses, it uses a, a plasma tube uh, which is filled with argon gas, which is act, was actually made by a guy who was making uh, with fluorescent signs. And so he found a side gig, a niche, making these tubes. And then it, it uses various types of grounding units or uh, whatnot. Uh, and then that kind of goes, I, I don't know if you know the basics of how, how it works, but you're in, in my case, I, I'm using it in contact. So I'm in contact with the plasma tube, and then it's filling you know, my body up uh, like a capacitor. It's not using it as a conduit, as a capacitor. And then I'm using the, gra the ground to drain the energy back into the unit, okay? And so you could use a large plate and you can lie on it and that's, you're not gonna feel it much, you know, it's like under your butt or something, you know? And then I was the one always on, online sharing information with that where I was experimenting with the smaller grounds. Like I made an eye bolt and I would like shove it into my knee where I had some, you know, pull tendon or something from skating or whatever, you know? And, uh, and so all of that energy that's building up is coming through a little tiny ground, you know, and so it's you, you really feel it there, you know, and, and you're running uh, specific frequencies. Um, I have a little tuner, a frequency tuner that it runs off of, and I can download all kinds of frequencies on the Internet and load them into my unit and, you know, run a, run a list. Huh, that's awesome. And it's help, helpful, obviously. I mean, I've heard lots of good things about it. Well, when I, you know, here, talking about China and China viruses, when I first came to China, this was over 10 years ago, uh, I was at a service apartment across the street from Walmart, not too far from here. And uh, man, I was getting every virus. I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, things that were, just, I swear I was going to die. And I was using my ripe machine to, you know, burn them down. And I would like literally take the ground. I would have something really bad in my throat. That's what it seemed like. I'd always get things in my chest and my throat, you know, and maybe that was because I was adjusting to the pollution also. But yeah, I would literally take the ground and I would put it on my tongue and like let the, <laughs> the energy like run across my saliva and stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, there's all these, all of these uh, alternative things that we just can't talk about, right? Yeah, especially right now, because until the vaccine, you know, makes it out there for a couple of years, then maybe they'll loosen up on it a bit. What's the messaging like in China from the government? Like, are you what's the, like here? We're getting, you know, blocked off of YouTube several times now for being talking against lockdowns was one. And the other one was um, talking about the covid vaccine was the other. What's the like? because everyone says China's super censorship and stuff like that. What's like, can you guys, are you guys talking about mass or forced vaccinations there? Is there uh backlash? 200 for, different types of vaccines. backlash for talking out against COVID or something like that. Or is there, there those structures for talking about a COVID and or against the state not even exist? Well, you have to consider that you're going to pick your format for talking about anything anyway. You know, I mean, if I'm on Facebook, you know, 
or Twitter or something like that. I actually don't do Twitter, but if I was if I'm on Facebook, uh, I'm not, I'm going to have to use a VPN anyway, and I could also do that anonymously, uh, depending on my settings. So now, if I was going to use like a standard Chinese format like WeChat, then I might have to be careful what I say. And people just don't really use WeChat to get into political, you know, discussions. You know, that's kind of um, like your main social connecting thing that connects you to all the all your um, your things you need, right? Like it's it's kind of like an overall app that they'll install on your phone when you buy the phone and it connects you to everything. Yeah, yeah, I can't survive without it here. It's a great app. It's by Tencent. And uh, everything from, you know, using it to pay for things to, like I say, like like the government uses it, like for the health card and all that. And uh, I think you could check your social rating, you know, on there. I don't have one. I don't care. But uh, yeah, every, everything can be done on WeChat, you know. So, but 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 my point is that if we wanted to talk about anything, we're just going to do it another way. We're either going to do it in person or we'll do it on another format. And I don't know. I just don't really feel very censored I, I, with anybody I want to communicate with. Yeah, that's interesting. Um... I think... I think that I, let me just like interject this. I think that the West is just shocked that they're having to deal with it. (laughs) You know? Well, I I don't, I mean, I think, I think they're shocked because they shouldn't have to deal with it. I mean, this is not, it should, should be, there should be, it should be handled completely the opposite. In my opinion, from what I've learned, it's it's completely backwards. I mean, they're allowing this messaging to come through that's not based on science and truth. I mean, they are, yeah. our, 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 our media is so complicit when you, when you watch these politicians and the health experts talk about the next stage of lockdowns and this and that, the questions are all bullshit. There's no fucking real questions in there about percentages, about why people are dying, about how people can stay healthy without a vaccine or why, what the why what they're using as a death count, what they're using for PCR cycles, well, none of these important questions. Yeah. Meanwhile, the WHO, the day after Biden's elected, backs off on the PCR testing, and apparently they're using it 27 cycles in the states now instead of 45. Well, cases are going to automatically come down, and then they're going to say it was the lockdowns and the masks and the vaccine that helped. I mean, it's yeah. it's complete illusion that we're we're in right now. So I think the Western civilization is is partly under shock that it's happening and partly because they don't understand what the fuck's going on. Right. Well, you're right. It should not be happening, uh, but it is. And it's, and it's obviously, you know, a phase that's going to have to be gone through. Um, I mean, hopefully it'll open up again and, you know, free speech will be, you know, number one. No, but, open. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, like, like from my standpoint, I don't freak out so much because I'm used to dealing with it. So, you know, it's it's not that shocking to me. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the part that's unnerving is that it's it's actually dangerous. And imagine like if you had a wildfire, you know, and it's like all over a large area, you know, and they just gave out one, you know, bit, piece of information that is that everyone's in danger, right? So that means that people that actually are in danger don't know about the safe places to go to 
and people that are in safe places might accidentally go to a place where they're actually going to be in danger, you know? But I mean, it's, you can see what's ha is happening with, with the virus. It's really the same thing. That false information is not helping. Yeah, and they're all in fear. That puts everybody in fear. Not only the ones that are in danger, but the <clears throat> ones that aren't in danger. Yeah. Do you remember a while back I sent you that herd immunity plan I came up yeah. with? It's like a couple yeah. page. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, look, I'm not an expert, you know, in the field, that's for sure. I'm not an epidemiologist or social engineering expert or whatever, but I did it from the standpoint of, you know, I think what it, was, it was based on that Stanford University study that 1% in you know, uh, poverty equals 30,000 deaths, right? Um, and so it's a way to reverse, you know, the collateral damage of a lockdown. And it's just essentially reversing the way that you're doing it there. It's it, obviously you put the at risk, you know, in, in, a, in a safe zone, which might have to be at home, you know, and then everyone that's not at risk, it's, you know, it's have the liberty and, to do whatever they are, they feel comfortable with at their risk level, and it's it's also based on um, I believe my train of thought, but it's 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 based on information. So the the government and the media, the private sector, really just have one role. They're not they don't try to fix anything. They just share data. You know, these are the demographics, just like terror terror alerts. You know green, yellow, orange, they share demographics. If you go to a baseball game and you're this age, you know, th these, this is your risk that you could possibly get this. You decide, you know, and then every, everybody else that doesn't want to be part of that herd effort, they could stay home and stay safe. We could put the police department and the sheriffs to work rather than keeping businesses closed. They could be making sure that, you know, old people in their homes that can't get out are having food delivered or making sure there's not some emergency that needs to be taken care of. Yep. It's going to go through, we're going to go through this natural curve, no matter what we do to try and control it. And 40, 40 to 50% of us have T cell immunity already. And there's a bunch of us that it's not going to affect because our vitamin D levels are fine or whatever. And there's some that it will affect, even if you're a strong athlete, because some of them have got it. I know somebody who's got, he thinks he's got long COVID now because he's still not healing from it. But yeah. none of this is discussed. I mean, we're going to go through some herd immunity just because so many people have already either got it or are already immune, it, immune to it. I think the funniest yeah. part is how they say on, I was listening to a clip the other day where they're talking about how the U.S. is the worst hit country in the world. We're only 4% of the population and we got 25% of the COVID deaths. And the hardest hit populations are the black and brown and Latino communities. And it's just like, well, wait a second for that math to add up. Shouldn't the black and brown and Latino countries be the hardest hit? Because well, that's not what we're seeing. Right. Well, it's because the U S is so corrupt in their, with their system, right? They get so much money for each case, for each death, for each incubator or what intubator or what do they call those machines that they're using? Is it incubator? Ventilator. Ventilator. The babies, the ventilator. The babies yeah, yeah. were in the incubator. <laughs> <laughs> the ventilators. I mean, that's the that's the problem. Is it's just it's like you you sent me that awesome video about healthcare. That oh, that yeah. that doctor who was was creating his practice 
to bypass the whole insurance industry, the whole, the whole, the whole farce that's happening down there with all the, the, the middle, all the middlemen in that whole thing. And he would provide insurance to his, his customers, his patients for a monthly fee. So they don't have to pay like, their insurance. They don't have to pay a lot. And he would just give free, free, free stitches, free all kinds of stuff to people. And, and yeah, it, he they, said, yeah, go he, ahead. He set it, he, he set it up like a gym membership. You know, you pay X amount per month and then just everything's included except for things that are really big. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, like just my neighborhood. There's probably like 50 houses over here. So if we all just paid like three or 4,000 a year, which, which if you broke that down was like 300 a month, which I'm probably, you know, you're paying, they say about 40% of your taxes on Ontario in Canada go towards healthcare, which is a lot more than $4,000 a year. I'll tell you that right now. So even for like, if you had a hundred houses and you all just pay $2,000 a year, then now you've got the wage for the doctor who lives in the neighborhood and has an operating table in his garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and this, and this doctor made a great point. He's like, well, the, talking about Canadian healthcare and other socialist healthcare systems, he's like, oh, yeah, it's great when you don't need it. I mean, it's fantastic when you don't need it. But yeah. as soon as you need it, you're in, you know, waiting lines or you can't get what you need or, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, just to, just to wrap up the uh, whole COVID thing and the, and the, the, the bad tactics, you know. Uh, I want to tell you my my gecko story and how it relates to bad decision making. Um, after Lean Lee went moved out and went to Sichuan, I was, one day I was coming back inside my apartment. I opened the door. I looked to my right against the wall behind the refrigerator. There's this gecko. It's about maybe two inches long, and it's on the wall. I'd never seen one here in my house, not, not, not for uh, my apartment, not for like over 10 years. I've never seen one inside. So I was like, Oh, wow, that's great. I got, I got a little gecko, you know? And then, so a, a cup, it was in the middle of the day, you know, apparently you don't see them in the middle of the day. They're, they're, they're actually called uh, wall tigers. It's uh bihu. I call them shall be hoobies, shall be who little wall tiger and they eat roaches and mosquitoes, you know, so people like to have them in their, in their house. Right. Um, so, uh, anyway, a couple, couple of weeks, three weeks go by and I hadn't seen it. And I thought, well, you know, it must've just ran in and then it ran out, you know, I'm not going to see it again. And so next couple of mornings I get up and I go over, uh, to look under the refrigerator and, uh, sure enough, I see the little gecko and it is stuck in the little roach sticky trap that I had set out a couple of nights before because Lin Lin had let the, left them behind. I thought, why well, might as well use these to get this? I, there was a cockroach that was going under that, underneath the refrigerator. And I thought, well, I'm going I'm to get them, you know? And so, of course, I see this gecko. It's still alive, you know? And it's like, poor little thing, you know? He's just like stuck, you know? I'm like, I pick it up and I'm like, you know, don't worry, little guy. I'm going to get you out of there. And I put it, took it back to my, my little workshop room and I did everything I could for like, three or four hours, you know, just uh, trying to cut it away, the sticky stuff and use gentle solvents at first. You know, I coated it with olive oil to try and make barriers, you know, and I'm rinsing it off, trying to keep its head out of the water and stuff. And I finally, I got it off, you know, I just broke off the little tip of its tail. I finally got it, all of its little 
pads off without damaging you. This thing's really small, you know, and you know it's like keeps looking up at me like with these beautiful golden eyes, you know. And I'm I'm thinking like, my God, the DNA that created this thing, you know. And uh, so I, I I I took it off, and it was really really exhausted. I mean. It's really running out of energy, and I put it up on my rife tube, rife tube on some healing kind of frequencies. I laid it out, you know, gave it some dignity and laid it in it to its like its kind of classic uh, gecko, you know, position. It just wasn't looking good, you know. And so anyway, I, I set it out somewhere in the living area, and the next morning I came to check, and sure enough, you know, it, it had passed away, you know, and. I felt so terrible and I, and I didn't, I felt, I mean, I felt bad for like a week. I would just like break down crying. I couldn't believe that I let myself break policy. No, I would have never done that before. I knew that I was doing this creative pivot thing. We're scrambling to keep our business alive after the lockdowns, you know, and stuff. And I was really off my game. I'd been dragged off my game, you know, and I started putting together the metaphor of what this was for me, you know, those geckos, are here to eat the roaches in my house. And I was trying to kill a roach. And instead, I ended up killing the gecko. <laughs> and for me, it was like an analogy for what we're doing to the children. Those, the children right now, especially with this virus, they're little virus killers. Their immune systems know exactly what to do. They have the DNA, you know, evolved for, for generations, you know, and we're muzzling them. You know, we're killing our kids, you know? So, yeah, we want to we, we want to kill the virus, you know, but instead we're killing the geckos, you know? Yeah, that's a great analogy. I agree. I think they're the ones suffering the most, really. How are your oh, kids doing wife. with it, Darren? Oh, my kids are great. Yeah. They're best friends, so they're nice, you know, I get them out to hang out with other kids and... yeah. Your sister, they're their best friends together, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's good. And they got to have some sleepovers here and there, and we have their friends over. And Illegally? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah, if you want to call it illegally. So how would your kids be doing if you were following the law? They'd be, they'd, well, they're still best friends, so that would help. But, I mean, <clears throat> we're out in the bush hunting or fishing so often that it doesn't matter. doesn't matter to you guys. They well, miss school. Me... They miss school. So they're probably going to go back. They're going to go back to school for this last semester. And then we'll make some more, some different decisions. Yeah. Well, let me, let me finish my story. Just to tell you the redeeming factor in all this. Uh, I, I really, really felt bad. I was having a hard time forgiving myself for having done this, you know, and finally one night when I went to sleep, I, I sat down to meditate and I was literally putting myself on the altar of God, mother nature and the universe. And I was like, confessing my sin and asking for forgiveness, you know, and then I just went to sleep and just let it go, you know, and sure enough, the next morning I went to go outside my door and there was a little tiny baby gecko. Oh my God. The, the, the length of like the knuckle on my uh, little finger stuck between the two doors. It wanted to come in my house, you know? And so of course I, I coaxed it in. And uh, so that was the, <laughs> you know, this is not a the, bit of a synchronicity. Yeah. The synchronicity and all. Yeah. And it's been thriving. I've seen it a few times now. It's gotten really big. It's, it's in my kitchen, living in the kitchen somewhere. Interesting how it happened right after your roommate moved out too. 
Uh, well, that's got a, uh, probably a, a reason because my roommate had a cat. So those geckos are probably staying away from the cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> or being eaten by the cat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to, I actually did want to mention something about the, the kids here and masking and whatnot. All the kids are back to school, actually. If I look out my balcony window, I can see two schools across from each other. And they're, they have to wear, like, their grade school, and they have to wear masks. But directly downstairs, inside of my building area, they call these gardens, right? There's, a like, a kindergarten, right? And I've noticed that over the last couple of months at least, none of the kids are made to wear a mask, mask. And the teachers are not wearing masks, you know, and I wasn't I wasn't really sure why that was. I was thinking, I wonder if they're doing a test. You know, I wonder if like the government's like just saying, oh, yeah, let's just see what happens, you know. And did you did you find out? No, I haven't found out. I need to need to. Well, I probably wouldn't get the information. No one's going to tell me that the government's doing a secret test with the kids. (laughs) But. I think the anyway, young kids just won't deal with it. That's, uh, you know, I think the young kids just can't can't put up with it, and they don't really have the structure to. No, it's it's the capacity, but to, it's more the even the just the subtle psychological trauma that'll happen over years because you can't see people's faces. I mean, you're dehumanizing the kids. You can't see their expression. All the communication is different. I mean, like none of the little nobody kids wants here to talk with on. masks anymore. Yeah, like none of the little kids here have masks. That's good. There's yeah. a there's a preschool right around the corner from our shop and you see them all out there running around nobody's got a mask no the teachers have masks there's no social distancing well that's great yeah yeah we're going into a bigger lockdown so yeah possibly alberta is that's yeah well apparently yeah apparently it's gonna Hmm. well i didn't mean to take you off your uh healthcare thread but um yeah uh, that is an interesting episode. I think that's Tom Woods' uh, podcast. He's got some great stuff. And, yeah, that's a, an incredible bu- business model. And he, He's really more dealing, like, with, you know, things like windshield wipers and oil changes and things like that. He's not going to get into major surgeries. But that's where I've been really kind of exploring the concept of a healthcare coin. They have it to some degree. Um, like, Ethereum might be being used for it. I think there's one called Dento coin that's out there, but this is not really for the services. It's really more for the data management, you know, uh, make, make sure that things are anonymous and, you know, uh, d- drug management to make sure somebody doesn't get the wrong drug or whatnot. I couldn't find anybody that had one that was actually used for, you know, an insurance payment, you know, where, where it would only be between the patient and the doctor, and they're both sharing the value of those coins, trading them. And I asked somebody out here, a friend of mine who actually did a white paper and launched a coin, and I asked him about it, and he said, yeah, you know, it's, what's probably going to happen is that there's going to be some coins that are going to dissolve and turn into that, right? And it may take something like some religious group that gets together, and like there's a, a famous uh, healthcare thing that they put a group that they put together is some Christian group, you know, and it's going to take somebody like that. that's not just completely grounded in, you know, uh, the greed of big pharma and the, and the existing, um, you know, healthcare corruption. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit, um, to, uh, the Uyghurs. Is there, is there a lot of, 
do people know a lot about what's happening with them over there? And, and or is, cause we're hearing a lot about, about that too. The, you know, the slaves and the Uyghurs and the organ harvesting and the, the hair removal, all that kind of stuff. Is that something that's like everybody knows about, or does anybody talk about that? Not really. I mean, it's, it's something that you hear about when you first come here, you know? Uh, and I just don't know how much of it is real. I mean, yeah, organ harvesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had some information that I gained on the street, but I just <laughs> I haven't heard much about it. Yeah, I just wondered if that was something that people even know about or talk about or how true it is. What's... Well, you hear about it just in the East in general, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. What's the tech scene like there in the most technological place in the world? I mean, it sounds like the surveillance is through the roof, but what's it like, what are the pros and cons of sort of being in like, I would say the cutting edge of the smart city? Well, I mean, if you're in the industry, it's a good place to be. Um, you know, I, I, I heard an interesting thing a couple of days ago from somebody who was talking about um, social, uh, blockchain, social media, and things like that. And they were talking about uh, Tencent, uh, the, you know, the, the size of their servers. And there was another server group, I can't remember the name right now. And he was talking about how they were, they were actually selling some service up on, on the servers to some group that was running away from censorship from the West. And they're like, yeah, you can use ours, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's uh it's it's kind of hard to tell, you know, from the standpoint of yeah, you're saying that the premise is a lot of it's being, you know, controlled and it's censorship and all that. So it's hard it's hard to know what what uh what you what you can really make of it if you're if you're trying to get something going liberty based, you know, I don't know. Is there something specific you were wondering about or? Well, yeah, no, just like what are the pros and cons of this, the smart city? Because we're not really close anywhere near that in Canada yet. Like we're a long ways away from any of that sort of stuff, just from a too big well, one, and spread out. And... Yeah. One, we have a lot more options. I mean, I don't, I don't think Huawei, a phone is available in the U S you know, but you can get Apple products here. You can get anything you want here. Um, yeah, and it's a lot cheaper and, you know, I can get stuff worked on right down the street. I had, a, I broke, uh, the screen on my iPhone six and went down and watched this guy fix it. He charged me a hundred renminbi, which is about $15, put a brand new screen on it. Right. In just a few minutes, you know, so <laughs> there's advantages, but yeah, I mean, they call this, you know, like the, the Silicon Valley of, of the world, you know, it's, uh, it's cutting edge. But is there a lot of, uh, I mean, it feels like it's, it's coming to every city. And I mean, at least from a freedom perspective, it's not really welcomed. I don't think, I mean, no. it, you know, the blockchain is one thing cause maybe it can keep things decentralized, but it, it, do they focus a lot on the blockchain there? Uh, I don't, I don't know exactly how, you know, who's participating in the blockchain other than like, for example, I have friends that are mining Bitcoin, you know, so they're participating. 
but that that's uh, you know kind of a proof of uh, proof of work based blockchain. You know, there, there's two basic types of blockchain: proof of work and proof of stake, right? And that would be very important if you were going to do something like develop uh, a blockchain voting system, right? Um, by the way, did, did you ever happen to look up blockchain voting to see who is working on it? No, that's why I was, that's kind of what I was getting mm. at is. Yeah, yeah, there's two patents filed. One of them's Google, and the other one is the United States Postal Service. Wow. Yeah, I looked up the word auspicious, and both of those patents came up. Yeah, that's wild, you know. Supposedly, the, the Postal Service is doing it to kind of dispel any notions that there was any voter fraud with, you know, mail-in ballots and all this, you know. But I would be very suspicious to see if it's going to be proof of work or proof of stake based. And I'm guessing it's the latter. Proof of work is decentralized and it's incentive based, right? Um, you know, miners are on the outside, you know, actually having to show work and they gain something from the work. Proof of stake is exact opposite. It's, it's internal, it's centralized. So something tells me that's what Google's working on. So internal to a certain extent, like with whatever boundaries you have for your company or how you're using it? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not an expert with, with blockchain, but uh, the basics are like, like if you think of like your classic Bitcoin miner, right? Yeah. So they're, they're on remote servers that are their computers. Those are the servers, right? So they're all contributing that way and they have to all double check each other. And then they're coming through and, you know, verifying, uh, algorithms, right? And they're getting paid for that too. But it's all decentralized. They're all away from each other. They don't know each other. Proof of stake can be a lot more centralized. It, uh, proof of stake just means that you're saying, I, I can prove to you that I have a stake in this. I have money that I'm putting into this, right? If you, if you, if you Google those, it's a good thing to, you know, familiarize yourself with. There's a lot of just simple definitions, you know, but um, that's, a friend of mine who's a blockchain expert was telling me that he was like, if, vo if the voting system's gonna work, it's gonna have to be decentralized. And, and if you think about that too, like how do they get paid? Where's the money coming from? I don't know, is that like a budget that would have gone to, you know, running the, the polls and all that? And, you know, instead of sending out, printing up paper ballots and sending them out and making sure that they're managed back and forth and all this, Maybe the money just goes into some pot and people are getting it for mining. Yeah, I mean, it does, it, does, it does seem weird that um, with such a fucked up election this year that, that, they're, that they've already patented the blockchain for voting. Like, it, it seems like something big, big has to change because if they ha they can, it can't keep happening like that. You know? No. In yeah. the States I'm talking about, I mean. I think yeah, I know. Do you sense any like anti-Western sentiment over there? To is sort of a, an opposite to the the strong sort of anti subtle anti-China sentiment that's sort of starting to perk up here. No, not really. I think 
it's more hype, you know, by the time it gets, you know, to the West, uh, I mean, I don't have any, I don't feel any animosity. I don't have any for Chinese people. Um, I think it kind of, kind of split when it comes to whether or not they are, let's say, let's say a Trump supporter or n not a Trump supporter, you know, like I, even when I talk with people that are kind of, you know, anti-Trump, they're they're just thinking, we're man, we're just anti-tariffs. You know, like we just want, we don't want to deal with that. That's all. You know, but that's kind of all I really deal with. That's all I really hear is just this kind of business kind of stuff. You know, nobody hates America, and nobody here that lives here hates the Chinese people. You know, it's all it's all hyped up. You know. Same. Yeah. I hear the same thing with with Russia. You know, uh, Russia's our evil enemy. I have a lot of Russian friends here I hang out with, and we're like best buddies. And we don't have it. We don't want to go with go to war with each other. Yeah. Well, usually, I mean, the people. It's it's different than than the governments. I mean, if 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 China went to war, I don't know even know if if they would if you guys would really know why or how mm -hmm. or anything like that. I mean, I don't know. Something's brewing. You hear those reports <laughs> that in the First World War, the uh, the French and the German soldiers were like hanging out on Christmas Day, and they right. figured when the powers that be found out that that happened, they shut that shit down real fast. Right. Yeah. How were you? You were talking about adjusting your business on the fly. Can you give us sort of some insight into what that looked like? Sure. Well, the last time I talked with you guys, uh, we had just, this was in February, we, uh, we did a trade show in Vegas, and uh, we were the small, scrappy little startup company uh, taking on the big guys, and we knocked it out of the park. We were the star of the show. Management came over and said, I haven't, seen a, a, I haven't seen a product do this well, you know, since I've been, you know, involved. And um, we had large companies wanted to come and rebrand our product, whatnot. And then as we started going into the lockdown, well, for one, we weren't able to do the subsequent trade shows that we desperately needed to keep the momentum going, right? So, so I, and then we're not, as things are becoming more unknown, um, even the larger companies weren't calling us back because they were just dealing with, you know, the unknown. You know, and they, so they stick with what's safe, you know? And so uh, we're losing communication and just losing our ability to even reach out further to a brick and mortar supply chain, a retail chain. And then it just started to occur to us, we're going to have to creatively pivot. <laughs> you know, we're going to have you know, you got to stop wallowing in what could have been and we have to change this up. So. For us, that turned into now a crowdfunding campaign. Uh, we're actually launching February 1st, our new uh, YMOP Twin Turbo. Uh, and so that'll be, you know, the initiation of our launch, or I should say, in this case, it's a relaunch. <laughs> and then from there, we're planning to um, transition into pretty much a Shopify B2C business to consumer direct sales. Uh, business model where we are just cutting out um, the retail supply chain, you know, and, you know, it was, I was really uh, kind of surprised when I was talking to some of the guys that are in the industry and they've been doing this for a while. I mean, I, we, we got woken up to it and, and suddenly decided we have to do this, but um, 
guys like LaunchBoom, you know, they'll, they will launch your Indiegogo campaign and they will uh, make sure you're a success. And then they'll transition you into like Shopify, you know, side and manage it for you and all that, buy your Facebook ads and all that. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, or like uh, we also talked to the guys at uh, Raindrop uh, Media, I think they're called. And they were the guys that did that Dr. Squatch soap commercial, you know, and uh, it's went viral, went big. And th this is a new model that is incredibly successful. If you could do it, we certainly can, you know, I mean, we're lucky, you know, we're not, we're not a health club or hair salon or restaurant or bar that you, know, you got to be brick and mortar, you know, so we can actually do this. Um, but man, the more you learn about it, the advantages are just, you know, sky high. There's so much that you can cut out from administrative, you know, to the middleman cost, you know, inventory. And it, uh, yeah, and even when it, even when it gets down to like needing something like Amazon, I've been saying it for a while, but now I'm really sure about. I'm doubling down on this. What do I need Amazon for? Before you used to need Amazon because of their search engines. If you do a Google search for YMOP, YMOP, I'm at the top of the list. I want you to go to my Shopify, you know, site and I'll sell you it directly, you know? So <clears throat> I, I think it's, I think it's all over and it, it's been a quickening since the lockdown. You know, I'm seeing it even like with podcasting and whatnot. I've heard like, like Tim Pool is trying to move to his own, you know, uh, website. And I, I've, I've been wondering that too. Like, I checked a couple of times on buying advertising and marketing on a podcast and I ended up getting an agency that handled all these podcasts. And I'm thinking, well, why is the podcast giving the cut to the agency? Why don't they just deal directly with whoever the sponsor is, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because you're, you're, you're just really supplying only. So how, how does that work with the, with the crowdfunding? So people, if you get enough people up front to fund a certain portion of the product, then you, yeah. you kind of get, you kind of, it's almost like financing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how many people don't, you know, uh, are not, they, they've heard kick, Kickstarter and crowdfunding, but they don't know, <coughs> excuse me, how it works. Cause it's a way for, for, if I was going to donate it, it's you're, you're buying the, you're, you really, if it's just a, not a service, but a product you're buying, you're basically buying the product up front, right? For, for a consumer, you're, you're not really, you're not really invested more than just prepaying for a product, right? That you want. Yes, but it's changed though. The classic crowdfunding campaign was sort of a grassroots movement with people that needed to raise the money ahead of time. That's the situation we're in right now. So in other words, we're doing pre-sales, to cover the first orders, right? And that was, that's how it started, you know, was to, to help that type of a, you know, a business startup. And then the bigger companies started coming on board. Like for example, you can find Xiaomi on Indiegogo and they've got a vacuum cleaner and there's nothing special about it. You know, it's just, they, they chose to launch it there. They don't need to launch it there, right? <laughs> Um, but they're using the venue and, you know, Indiegogo makes some money on it and that's good, you know, they're, they're, there's nothing wrong with them making money, but uh, it's so it's split up. So a lot of times people will will ask us, they'll say, well, how come this other company says if I order it now, I don't have to wait three months to get it. They'll just send it to me tomorrow. It's because they've been producing it for a while. They didn't need to be on crowdfunding. They're just using the platform, yeah. you know, for advertising and marketing.
But I'll tell you, an interesting thing that I found now over uh, you know the years now with with the classic crowdfunding types of products and services, okay, mostly products. But if you ever been on your Facebook or Twitter or or uh, Instagram or whatever, and you get those gear tech videos, and it's some new product, you know, that's really makes sense, you know, like, and you think to yourself, why have I never seen this before? You know, how come like the regular corporate entities haven't put it out before, yeah. you know? And nine times out of 10, it's just like us. You'd be surprised how many people we went to with our technology, which blows away existing technology, right? And they just, they don't want to call us back because they don't want us to cannibalize their existing products. They don't want to mess with the supply chain that they've already got in place, right? Um They've already done the tooling. They've already done the advertising and marketing. And so they're going to capitalize off that as long as possible. And so guys like us just don't get an email back or, you know, a phone call back unless they, they just can't ignore us anymore, you know, but in, it, 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 and so that's why I say it. a lot of times when you're seeing these examples on, on uh, Kickstarter or Indiegogo, it's really a replacement for a new technology. And it's actually one of the one of the things that they put in the dashboard when I was building the campaign. One of the things it says, how is your how is your product, how does it replace Different. yeah, how is it innovative? Tech? Yeah. Yeah. Not they're not talking about how does it how does it how does it um compete? They're saying, how does it replace old technology? Yeah. It's exactly yeah, what we Yeah, do. that's where the innovation will happen. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, and so, you know, nowadays with a little bit of know-how, you know, you have you have so much access to advertising and marketing. Like, for example, through Facebook, Facebook is giving you all of your crowds, your all of your your target audiences are right there. Um, you know, you can te test out different ads and whatnot. It's actually very cheap to do, you know, that's why 15 year old kids are living at their parents' house and making a million dollars on, you know, on some Minecraft. product that they're, they're drop, yeah, they're drop shipping something somewhere and they're just, they just got good at, you know, putting together ads on Facebook and, you know, upping the numbers. Huh. Interesting. What about, uh, what about this freedom autonomous uh, liberty zones? What do you see yeah. with, with that? I, I'm just kind of curious. Maybe we can hit that before we end. Sure. Uh, well, it was something that you know first came to my mind when I first saw this thing happening in the U.S. with these when the riots were going on, the real riots, <laughs> um, and these guys put together this Chaz thing, you know. Uh, and I I looked at it and went, man, those guys beat us to the punch, you know. They're, they're trying to set up this socialist kind of you know autonomous zone. It's like why aren't we setting up, you know, peaceful, liberty-oriented, you know, autonomous enterprise zones, you know? Because um, you get way I, code. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you got a point there. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but look how Waco turned out. You know, they, they had to back down, you know? Oh no! Not I'm no, sorry. That not was not I was to thinking, talk to I was, everybody. I was, was dead. I'm sorry. I was. I'm sorry. I was. I was. I was thinking of. I'm sorry. For some reason, I was thinking of Bundy Ranch. You're, you're right. Yeah, Waco didn't go so well. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of Bundy Ranch. But um, yeah, it's um, it's something that I, I really wonder if that's not going to be happening more and more because, like, for example, like I'm thinking, well, 
just at some point I got to move back to the U.S. and where do I want to go? You know, and I'm kind of lucky in that I don't like necessarily being around a lot of people. You know, and I don't need to travel a lot. I don't necessarily like traveling a lot. So I could place myself out in the middle of the desert in Texas, you know, which is my home state, you know, and I'm perfectly happy. But I think you're going to, well, you're already seeing my, you know, migration, you know, and I just think that I, I have a feeling that's going to just start naturally, organically forming these auton autonomous liberty zones, you know, where people are just saying, hey, you know, that's who's here now. And you're not really welcome if you don't want to be a part of this. Is yeah, this yeah, is the yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, we've, we talk about that a lot. So you see that from from where you are, that maybe it's happening on multiple different levels, whether it's like cancel culture or vaccines that people don't want to be vaccinated or whatever, that these communities will start to form, create businesses for each other. Yeah. I mean, you guys have talked about it, you know, probably through the years with people that are, you know, prepping or, you know, living off the grid kind of experts or whatnot, you know, and that's, you know, one way of looking at it, but now people are forced into migrating in large numbers, you know, and I just kind of foresee that they're going to be, you know, accumulating in, in certain areas with a certain mindset, with a certain agenda, with like you're saying, you know, certain rules. Okay. We don't do masks around here. We don't do the vaccine around here, you know, like, and, and what are you going to do besides, are you, are you going to move the police force from New York to go over and make other people in another area go do something that, you know, they're not doing that, you know, it, you know, we, we, we have this thing about, uh, you know, I was, I was a professional climber in, uh, in the industry for like 10 years. And I really wasn't one of the hardcore guys that would go out on the, on the rock, you know, out in the Yosemite and stuff for, you know, um, you know, months at a time, but they would tell us, they would say, you know, when we're out there, we, we do whatever we want. The police would, or, or a sheriff or whatever would have to follow us up that rock, you know? It's the same thing. You know, if you're moving out into the woods or something, you know, first, the first, you know, if they're going to go chase Darren and his family out into the woods somewhere where he is, they're going to have to be, like, worried about bears and stuff eating them, you know? Yeah, I, I yeah, but I just I mean, it seems to me like there may not it might not be that easy to get away uh, as we thought. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens because I don't know if this this whole vaccine agenda is going to fall through or if it's going to fall apart. They'll have plenty well, of concerns in the seven point six millimeter department as well. <laughs> Chinese made, yeah. actually. Chinese made. Yeah. Yeah. What I've been what I've been hearing. Uh, hear about the vaccine, like with fellow Westerners, like have to go to the factories and stuff. I just heard like recently this guy was saying, yeah, well, you know, I have to do quality control checkups. And I'm expecting that, although I don't want to get the vaccine, I am probably going to have to get it or I'm not going to be able to go to the factory, you know? So, well, you would expect that here in communist China, but for you guys to do that or in the U.S., do you, do you see that coming really? That's what, yeah. that's what they're prepping us for, actually. They're yeah. saying you're going to see a restrictions. If you don't get the vaccine, you might not be able to go on the plane or to the movie theater. On the bus. Ticketmaster's talking about maybe you can't go to a concert if you don't have some sort of proof of vaccination. Right. Yeah, it's, okay. it's looking you know, pretty serious. 
But, you know, just to back up a little bit, though, okay, so like to avoid that, right? So we're talking about these auto autonomous liberty zones and whatnot. And you're saying, well, not, not everybody has the ability to move. Some people, like in the U.S., they're put in a situation where it doesn't matter anymore. They already lost their business. They already, like, maybe lost their home or whatever. And it's like, it's not whether or not they can or want to move. They're, they might be moving anyway, you yeah. know? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about when it comes to migration. I just I, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, as people congregate together, you know, as they as they reform their communities. <laughs> so did you guys not have to take the gene therapy vaccine or is that just strictly like um, the two that are getting rolled out? In, I don't know. Because apparently you guys have like 200 different types there. I don't know. I, I, I am. I guess I'm sort of mentally, you know, avoiding even the topic because I don't want to have to take it in you know we talked about other ways of dealing with it like underage kids with a way to buy alcohol i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah, it's so we don't want to get you any trouble over yeah, there it's so weird that that uh, like in that respect they seem fear i mean there's a lot more fear about having to take it here there it seems maybe we'll end up doing the podcast from china in the end yeah <laughs> my mandarin is terrible yeah, well, you'll you'll get better. Yeah, you... I'm not. I'm actually not an anti-vaxxer either. You know, it's like I've I've had you know like younger parents with kids coming ask me about vaccines, and you know they they have they're very organic living kind of people. They use essential oils and all that, and they were asking me, what what do you think, John, about vaccines? I said, look, when it comes to the basics, you know, things like smallpox and polio. If your kid gets smallpox or polio and it doesn't kill them, they're gonna wish they were dead. You know, they're also um, gonna be in like 1750. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, but, but when it comes to forcing people to do vaccines or forcing me to do a vaccine, that's where it's like, you know, it's, it, it, it seems like it should be our choice because of, apparently if everybody else is vaccinated, they don't have to worry about us that are not vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. Here's hoping. Any yeah. plans to come back to the West or are you just going to sort of settle down there for the time being? You know, Darren, every, th every time I think about flying on a plane, I think about you <laughs> and your story, because I really have this thing against wearing masks. I really do on so many different levels. You know, I, I'm, it's like it's, it's I feel like a, a gecko pinned to a sticky trap with my sh <laughs> shoulder rolled over. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't belong on a on my face or a human's face. You know, not to mention the fact, especially like, you know, I'm. I guess I call myself a cleaning expert. I am. And I know that you're even with two or three masks, you're only making the situation worse. You know, that's, you know, that's why your glasses are fogging up because you're a little micro steam generator. It's now creating micro steam droplets. So you're not, you're only making it worse, you know? So, but, but I think about being on a plane and wearing that mask for 15 hours you know, and how I deal with them. Well, I guess maybe I just get on the plane. And I'll do what I usually do, which is I throw the blanket over my head and I'll just take the mask off and, you know, keep myself warm with the air conditioning just going. Just poke you know, a bunch and... of holes in it. <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah, exactly. Just one that just really doesn't work, you know. Big gold so, fucking razor knife in there. <laughs> uh, telling you, Darren, you're my hero. And I, after I heard that story, I was like, yeah, you go, Darren. I started driving now. I'm sick of it. Once was enough. <laughs> right. And now they want you at the airport two hours early. It's like, I'm going to go through all this shit to save an hour and a half. Yep. 
Yeah. Of course, Texas is further. I might have to bite yeah. the bullet on that one. So, so what about you guys? Any chance of moving your podcast to your next door neighbors with Rogan? No, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people people talk about uh, Canada being on the road to socialism and all this and that, and it probably is. But we're super big, and we're yeah. super unpopulated. You spread out, and are super spread out with a super super weak state. I mean, if right. you combine all the law enforcement and all of the military, that number is still well under a hundred thousand. And it's like, I'd rather take my chances here than with, you know, one of the most technologically advanced states on the planet, especially when it seems to be like, when you start calling people that live in your country domestic terrorists, I think you're or extremists. I think you're bordering on unpleasant times. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And well, we might get that um, there too. And my, honestly, I think I'll just keep heading north. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, keep avoiding the crowds. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of my plan. When you're asking if I'm planning to go back, I mean, it's like I want to be somewhere where there's not a lot of people, and then just keep keep moving away. Um. So, is there anything we didn't cover? No, I think that's <laughs> I think that's about it. No, it's good I to catch up with you. And yeah, we'll have to do this again next year if we see where we're at. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, who would have thought we'd still be talking about COVID lockdowns a year later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's still peaking right now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I uh, mean, I, I my, my theory is that, that, I mean, we'll see when this comes out. It might be irrelevant by that point. But it's it seems to me like they're going to say in about a couple months that the lockdowns and the masks and the vaccine worked and the, the cycle threshold comes down, the PCR test, and this thing disappears. With an annual shot, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah, I heard from my business partner today who moved away from California to uh, Vancouver, Washington. Oh, oh, okay. Nope, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he just made a trip back. He goes, drives back and forth to do some work. And so he just told me that uh, miraculously, California is going to be opening right away, you know? Yep. Unbelievable. They've just been biding their time. Ouch. Hey, you know what? I wanted to I wanted to tell you guys that I really enjoyed your UFO swap cast that you did. Oh, right on. I wish you guys would do more of that. I was really impressed, uh, Graham, with your knowledge of the campfire UFO cases, you know. I don't have a lot of knowledge on that. <laughs> well, we'll probably start well, doing just... a lot more of that in the in the Gramerica feed now that we have the outlawed feed to do all the other crazy crap. Yeah, that's great. No, it's an interesting topic. We have an abductee coming on soon. Um, abductee and she's abducted and furious. So it's uh, it's a uh, topic that it, it's not going to go away. So it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I only have one theory uh, about UFOs when it comes to the. Have you ever heard of this theory about the synchronicity with owls and UFOs? Oh yeah. Uh, the people. Yeah. We'll have an encounter, and then they'll see an owl before or afterwards, right? You remember that scene in Close Encounters where it's this high overhead shot of this spacecraft flying over this field or something with the, the moonlight shining, and you just see the shadow, right? 
And so if you visualize like light, you know, a big tractor beam, you know, starting up, lighting up the field, you know, or magnetic energy, you know, just kind of stirring prey up like owl prey, you know what I mean? Rodents, mice, whatever, you know? So my theory is maybe that owls are to ET spacecraft what seagulls are to fishing boats. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. There you have it. Yeah, I'm more on the theory that their their sensory perception is so good they're being used as a vehicle. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it again. Wow. I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> There you go. All right, right, John, keep in touch, eh, buddy? Agnostic on that subject. (laughs) All right, John, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right, hang in there, guys. Keep up the good fight. Thanks, buddy. Ciao. Okay, see ya. Bye. And that was our chat with our buddy, John Neer. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, it's it's a little too too easy in China right now. I think so. I feel like we're going to get a little bit of pushback. Like, is that really what it's, you know, like. Well, there will be pushback. <laughs> like, I there read this book. I read this book. Already, I read this book called. people are revved up against China. So. I read the book, the, the Man Who Loved China. And it's a fascinating culture. China's one of the ancient, most ancient cultures that hasn't really changed. The mythology, the, you know, but it's also very technological now. So it's Mao interesting. really tried to wipe all that shit out, though. Yeah. When was Mao again? 60s. 60s, yeah. 50s or 60s. Yeah, I think this 40s. was probably before the man who loved China might have happened before that. Because there wasn't a lot of Western people over there, and he went over there, and he just loved this China, right? But, you know, all we hear Brody is all this negative. We hear this there. real negative stuff about the communistic aspect and the censorship, and you can't do this and you can't do that. But, yeah, we can just have this Skype call with the Skype call with somebody. I mean, maybe he's on a VPN, so maybe he's getting around it. But still, it just feels like... We've we're look at what we're and then dealing you hear with it's now. Like, oh, you're, you're, they're not allowed to have Google or or Twitter or Facebook, and it's like, well, well those places are fucking trash. <laughs> exactly, they're, they're probably healthier because of that. I mean, oh, it's you weird. really got to start questioning your entire fucking world outlook when you figure out that everything you look on on the TV is just this weird propaganda cycle. Yeah. You've just grown up in a propaganda fucking Truman Show world. Yeah. Speaking of propaganda Truman Show worlds, if you'd like to keep this propaganda Truman Show world on the tracks and keep going, I don't think we're, well, we are. Well, I think we are actually creating our reality as we go. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's our own Truman Show. Yeah. Except we're not, I feel like the Truman Show is more like you're getting scammed, implies that you're being tricked, hoodwinked. So we're not doing that. We're just trying to have a good podcast here, and we're trying to run it with uh, the value for value model. If you enjoy our podcast here, head over to grandamerica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly if you can. Uh, make a one-time donation. There's a bunch of other ways in the show notes. You can review the show, share the show, tell your friends about the show. Head over to grandamerica.ca slash swag. Buy some shirts and stuff. Sign up for a newsletter, grandamerica.ca slash news. You can check out our other podcasts where we get uh, far more conspiratorial and stuff than we do over here. Uh, sometimes even I'm a little more controversial. That's grammaricaoutlawed.ca. And check out Adam and Bill over at 13questionspodcast.com. Site just got a re-up nice. facelift. 
and uh, they're doing some great interviews. I noticed the interviews have crept up to like two and three hours. So what? That's fantastic. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Let's have them on on an intro. One we're gonna have them on pretty quick. Yeah, yeah we got a that. couple more things to take care of, and then we're gonna have them on. And awesome for an intro. Have them on. I think that's about it. You got anything else? No, that's it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Hailstorm damage got you blue? Sunburn get you let down? Well, introducing the new Gem Trails. Gem Trails are a convenient new chemtrail that we've 
plow through your sky to ensure you with the haziest and non-blue sky that you could have. Gem Trails. Choose from our variety of geo-engineered aerosols loaded with toxic chemicals. Some chemicals may include barium, strontium-90, aluminum, cadmium, zinc, viruses of all sorts and varieties, and chafe which actually looks like snow, but may actually be fibers coated with aluminum, desiccated blood cells, plastic, and paper. All chemtrails can be conveniently customized for your needs. Just ask our friend here, James Cruz. Gemtrails. James Cruz ordered the barium, strontium-90, and the chafe. And the chafe he chose was desecrated blood cells in plastic. Gem trails. So I'm sitting in my backyard, getting sunburned constantly, and I hear this ad come on the radio. Gem trails. Gem trails. And what they can do for you is amazing. For 33 payments of $333. Gem trails. No more sunburn. Thanks, Gem Trails. Gem Trails. Thanks, Gem Trails. <coughs> That's right, James. For 33 easy payments of $330, you too can have a hazy sky with zero sun and zero sunburn. Gem Trails. With our brand new technology coming straight out of MIT, we fitted an airplane with nozzles and we can come to any area in the world and spray your backyard. Chemtrails. Warning, warning, warning. Symptoms associated with chemtrails include aneurysms, strokes, heart attacks, and cancer. Chemtrails. Other side effects may include irradiated breast milk, anal leakage, jock itch, runny nose, irregular vaginal discharge, glaucoma, heavy metal poisoning, lockjaw, and low sperm count, persistent hacking, coughing, upper respiratory and intestinal distress, pneumonia, extreme fatigue, disorientation, lethargy, dizziness, splitting headaches, elevated arthritis, symptoms, nosebleeds, blah, 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 blah yada, yada, etc., etc., doctors, blah, 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 uh, death. If you want it, we spray it. So get your gem trails today. Gem Call 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-W-E-F-U-C-K-E-D. Thanks, gem trails. Gem trails. <laughs> <laughs>